The following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. Ready to get ready now, go Slander my name all over the place I do anything that you want to do But uh-uh, honey, they all fall out Don't you Devil my Okay, well, thank you, Elvis, and welcome once again to Dunn's Deal. It's where I do the dealing, and I deal them fairly, just like Wyatt Earp down there in Tombstone. And we've got a lot of stuff on the slate here for today, so... Buckle up and be ready. I'll skip over the main two articles I want to get to today. There's a there's so much stuff I'd like to get to, but uh, let's see. MSNBC, CNN, intelligence pundits said Hunter Biden's laptop was disinformation. They have yet to correct the record. Think they will? NBC News, U.S. is putting out phony intel as part of an info war with Russia like they've ever been honest in the first place. Oh, here's a story that's kind of sad and maybe um, one of the later shows I'll spend some time on it. But babies struggle to understand basic facial expressions as a result of adults wearing masks. Yeah, because of... People foolishly wearing masks around their babies, their babies, um, uh, what's the right word? <clears throat> Sorry if I got a frog in my throat, it. but um, the babies are retarded in their growth. And I do mean that in the scientific term of retard as in to slow down the development of, of something. Uh, that's a story I'll get into later, but there's a, there's a couple of late-breaking stories that need to be addressed today. Okay, World War III. Czech Republic becomes the first NATO country to, to deliver tanks to Ukraine. NATO chief warns more nations to follow. Just heard on the, on the uh, news broadcast that they're also sending a, a missile battery. Hmm. I've got some questions about that. Especially when they say that doesn't mean just because we're giving heavy arms to Ukraine doesn't mean you're involved in the war. Uh, yes, it does. <laughs> it most certainly does. You may not be a belligerent, but you are definitely in uh, uh, a part of the war. Sorry. Can't play that game with me. And it doesn't work in real politics either. Talk about that if I get a chance later. U.S. Senate votes to resurrect World War II era policy to help Ukraine amid Russian invasion. Same thing. Lend-lease program. Sending weapons to us uh, to <laughs> to one of the sides in warfare is joining the war. You're a non-belligerent, but you've joined the war effort. 
Let's see. NATO says it expects Russia to develop a concentrated attack to take over the entire Donbass region. Now, there's military intelligence for you. Duh. <laughs> you think? You think they, they, they want to take over that eastern section? Hmm. Now, here's a little break in the NATO chink of armor. Hungary's authoritarian leader breaks with EU, saying that he'll pay for Russian gas in rubles. Guess whose industry is going to keep on running? Hungary's. The other EU nations are saying they're not going to, but you give them a couple of weeks. They'll make secret payments in rubles for Russian gas. Let's see. MSNBC analyst reveals dark <laughs> strategy to cut brutal midterm losses scare the crap out of the democratic base like they like the democrats don't do that in every election cycle let's see uh then we've got some sports stories here if i can get to them but uh, i may not get to all these that's why i like going through the headlines because there's a lot more than I can get to in just one hour. Wimbledon ready to ban Daniel uh, Medvedev if he does not renounce Russia. Vladimir Putin. <laughs> yeah, denounce the guy that, that's got a, let's say, a reputation for killing people in other countries because they do something um, he doesn't like. I mean... I doubt if he would go after a tennis player, but the guy hasn't been in Russia in 10 years, but they've st he still has to fully denounce Putin. And here we go, right in our backyard, right in Boston. Civil rights violation? Boston Marathon bans, Russia, uh, bans runners from Russia and Belarus. Oh, I guess now it's okay to discriminate against Russians or against Belarusians. You know, <laughs> does that mean people born there like that uh, tennis player who hadn't been there in 10 years? It's <laughs> it's two minutes of hate. It's 1984, <laughs> you know. You get in front of the telescreen and you you start spouting out your hate against Goldstein and against Eurasia, Eurasia. Oh, wait a minute. We're no longer at war with Eurasia. Now we're at war with Oceania. Okay, I hate Oceania. I hate Oceania. It's crazy. But uh, that's not what I really want to get to because there are two uh, Dynamite articles. And the first one just broke a few hours ago. I don't know if uh, any of you caught it on the news yet, but remember the uh, uh, the Governor Whitmer kidnapping, the supposed Governor Whitmer uh, kidnapping. Uh, you know, the FBI squandered, not squandered. They they caught these guys red-handed. Except that the FBI was involved in the kidnapping, but most of uh, of the guys were were um, neo-Nazi white supremacists that wanted to kidnap, uh, you know, Governor Whitmer. Well, not really. 
let's uh, take a look at the the evidence that was that was presented. The massive prosecutorial failure, <laughs> the failure, will unquestionably undermine the Biden administration's claim that the far right white supremacist terrorist is the biggest internal threat to the U.S. They've put out uh, huge tracks, not tracks, almost like books, stating that their goal is to um, to eradicate white supremacy in the United States. And this was one of their 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 big gems. <laughs> this was going to be a showcase to show the whole country, the whole world, that the United States is filled with white supremacists and the FBI just took down a bunch of them. And a system with a 98% uh, percent conviction rate where grand juries will indict a, ha- a ham sandwich, as the old saying goes, the federal government failed to secure a single conviction in the case against four men accused of plotting to kidnap Michigan's uh, Democratic Governor Whitmer. The massive prosecur- prosecutorial failure, which shouldn't have been a surprise given the absurd levels of corruption and criminality exposed among the FBI agents who led the investigation, behavior that ultimately led to the investigating agent being fired by the Bureau, will unquestionably undermine the Biden administration's claim that far-right white supremacist terror is the biggest internal threat to the U.S. Two of the four men were acquitted Friday for their role in the alleged plot, which, in reality was cooked up by a gang of confidential informants embedded within the group, one of whom rose to second-in-command, while the other two ultimately faced a hung jury, according to the Associated Press. The jury's verdicts against Daniel Harris and Brandon Caserta were read in the federal court in Grand Rapids, Michigan, in the case presided over by U.S. District Judge Robert Jonker. Jurors said that they couldn't agree on verdicts against Adam Fox. Like I said, I got a frog in my throat. And Barry Croft Jr. Prosecutors described Fox as a ringleader of anti-group government, of an anti-group government. Michigan AG Daniel Nessel has gone to great lengths to paint the men as extremist and white supremacist during the interviews with friendly media outlets like NPR. Nissel said that multiple white supremacists and anti-government groups acted in concert based on a shared extreme ideology. The people that we are that we charged are affiliated with this Wolverine Watchmen group, Nessel said, adding that it is a Michigan-based group, but there are multiple white supremacy groups and militia groups that have been acting in accordance with one another. Prosecutors relied on testimony from undercover agents and an informant and two men who pleaded, plead, pled guilty to the plot during the trial. Jurors also read 
and heard secretly recorded conversations, violent social media posts, and chat messages. However, the defense lawyers effectively argued that the scheme had been dreamed up by government agents and informants who had been embedded within the group specifically to manipulate the men. You found a couple of patsies, got them drunk, got them to feel important, and then talked them into uh, a harebrained scheme. That's entrapment. <clears throat> now, listen to this, this uh, attorney, and he's kind of a liberal guy. You'll see him on um, CNBC a lot, or maybe it's MSNBC, I don't know. But as Jonathan Turley explained last year in the wake of the arrest of the lead agent in charge of the case, he was arrested for an unrelated uh, issue, assaulting his wife. <laughs> There were legitimate concerns over the role of the FBI in the planning and preparation for this alleged conspiracy. As a criminal defense attorney, I have long been a critic of the degree to which the FBI often pushes defendants to take action to trigger criminal charges. However, it is very difficult to make a case for entrapment, and the agents know that. So it's hard to prove entrapment in a court of law because you, you have to show how it is that the FBI agents manipulated the person. In this case, I guess they made it real easy. And um, the, the case was blown out of the water. I'm wondering if those two guys that, that pled uh, not guilty, I mean, pled guilty, uh, if they wished they had pled not guilty now. And um, it's incredible. And this has larger implications than just one FBI uh, agent going rogue. Because uh, it, it says that the lead agent here... Got uh, got fired because of uh, let's see because of behavior that ultimately led to an investigating agent being fired uh, being fired. But there was another agent that got sent to Washington. You know, failed upward, uh, and he was involved in the January sixth uh, uh, incident. And January 6th, as I've explained it before, was another case of entrapment. There is a guy by the name of Ray Epps. I don't know if he's FBI. I don't know if he's CIA or what alphabet soup agency he is with. But he helped to foment the, the, the insta, you know, the... Uh, I don't even know what to call it. He, he fomented the riot because the Stop the Steal rally was not a riot. It was a th the third of such um, of rallies that we had in Washington. The previous two were completely peaceful. This one, we had Ray Epps there 
that that helped to open up the barricades and uh, convince people to go up into the uh, the Capitol building. Uh, and it wasn't just Ray Epps. He, he was working the crowd the night before. People were calling him out as a Fed. Then during the, the, the morning, he was there again. He was trying to get people to go into to attack the Capitol building. And like I said, he broke open the barricades. He, he was obviously allowed to. He got others to help to direct people to go up the stairs to the balconies. There's two of them. And then others took over to break into the building itself and to uh, instigate fights with the cops. It was entrapment. It was premeditated by FBI, CIA, whomever. And Nancy Pelosi knew about it, too. (laughs) Yeah. It'll take a long time for all this to come out, but it'll come out. It'll probably come out next year after uh, there's a new Congress put in place. And if there's a Republican sweep, the Democrats better uh, check their passports and uh, go to France or some some country that doesn't have extradition charges. Anyhow, those two cases are very much related. The January 6th uh, incident and Governor Whitmer's attempted kidnapping. And, oh, by the way, the January 6th committee... They have not called for Ray Epps to come and give his testimony. They have not called for the FBI to disclose who Ray Epps is, who he works for. Does he work for the FBI? When um, Ted Cruz got a chance, and he's not on the January 6th committee, and the January 6th committee is part of the uh, House of Representatives, But he was asking the FBI who Ray Epps was and who he worked for. Uh, He was asking uh, the assistant to the FBI about it. And she was just going, I don't know. I don't know. How am I supposed to know that? I'm only the second in charge. So there's a lot to be found out. And this is one chink. That's uh, in the uh, FBI armor, and you'll see many, many chinks start to snap real soon. So, 9.25. Let's take an early break here, and I want to get into Brian Stelter when we come back. Uh, Because, oh, brother, do I have good audio on him. (laughs) Ooh, baby. But let's see what we have here. Oh, Let's just go with...
The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash Massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War. Okay, well, welcome back to Dunn's Deal. And this this piece that I've got here, it's such a gem. <clears throat> it's so great. There was a, a conference out in, um, in Chicago. It was at the University of Chicago, put on by the University of Chicago and the Atlantic Magazine. And it had a whole bunch of hoity-toities, all, you know, all the monkey mucks of of journalism and they were there for the disinformation and erosion of democracy conference and so they were decrying at how terrible things have gotten with our democracy and how much uh, you know uh, wrong information is out there how dare people seek information that isn't from ABC, CBS, NBC, MSNBC, you know, the whole alphabet crew there. How dare they not be listening to and walking in lockstep? How dare they contradict the, the skions of uh, information? Well, so they're up there glad-handing each other and saying, oh, how how good we are, how how righteous we are, 
and just their snooty, arrogant attitudes. But there is this. Uh, there are a couple good exchanges, but I, I can't get them all. Brian Stelter got schooled by a, by a freshman in in journalism, and oh, you have to listen to this. It was just so good. I've got it queued up. So let's go. Uh, hi, thank you for coming. Uh, my name is Christopher Phillips. I'm a first year at the college. Uh, my question is for Mr. Seltzer. Uh, you've all spoken extensively about Fox News being a purveyor of disinformation, uh, but CNN is right up there with them. They pushed the Russian collusion hoax. They pushed the Jesse Smollett hoax. They smeared Justice Kavanaugh as a rapist, and they also smeared Nick Sandman as a white supremacist. And yes, they dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop affair as pure Russian disinformation. Uh, with mainstream corporate journalists becoming little more than uh, apologists and cheerleaders for the regime. Is it time to finally declare that the, uh, the canon of journalistic ethics is dead or no longer operative? Uh, all the mistakes of the mainstream media and CNN in particular seem to magically all go in one direction. Are we expected to believe that this is all just some sort of random coincidence, or is there something else behind it? It's too bad. It's time for lunch. <laughs> uh, you have 30 uh, seconds. No, I mean, there's a, there's a clock that says 30 seconds, but, but I think my honest answer to you, and I will, I'll come over and talk in more detail after this, is that I think you're describing a different channel than the one that I watch. Uh, but I understand that that is a popular right-wing narrative about CNN. I think it's important when we talk about shared reality and democracy, all these networks, all these news outlets have to defend democracy. And when they screw up, admit it. Uh, but when Benjamin Hall, the Fox correspondent, was wounded in Ukraine, the news crews at CNN and the New York Times stopped what they were doing and they tried to help. They tried to help them get out of the country. They tried to find the dead crew members. That's what news outlets do. That's how they actually do work together to your question about sharing those kinds of connections and trust. We don't talk about it enough, though. We don't share that reality about how that happens. And with regards to the regime, I think you mean the President Biden? The last time I spoke with a Biden aide, we yelled at each other. So that's the reality of the news business that people don't see, that people don't hear. Okay. What's interesting here is Brian Stelter never answers the question. He, he deflects, just like any good politician, I shouldn't say good politician, like any slimy politician does, just like uh, Jen Psaki will do. She just deflects. She, she uh, answers what she wants to answer. And for Brian Stelter to say, this, that's not the station that I work for, uh, yes it is, Stelter. He nailed you to the wall. And you're just squirming. You're, you're, trying, you're like Han Solo frozen in, in carbonite up there against the wall. And, you know, you, your answers are so pathetic. You know, he tried to say, oh, oh well, CNN helped out the Fox people when they got hurt over in, in uh, Ukraine. Uh, that wasn't the question. The question was, why do you lie to the American people? And just like any slimy politician, he deflected. But um, looks like I've got a call on this subject, so let's see what's on the person's mind. Okay, let's get this right. Go ahead. What's on your mind? What's up, what's up James? 
Well, what do you think about Brian Stelter there? Oh man, how about um, how about his buddy Jeffrey Tubin? <laughs> Remember him? Yes, yes, but th this is a family operation here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yes, it is. So we'll leave that to the uh, toilet bowl of history. Yes. Hey, could this be? Um, Remember sometime in 2013, where in a defense authorization bill, they modernized uh, the, um, I think it's called the Smith-Mund Act, which doesn't allow, which didn't allow propaganda that was used overbroad to be used on U.S. citizens. Oh, yes. Smith-Mund Act. Yeah. And remember how you said I, previously I that, uh, that, yeah. that, that, that NBC says, oh, yeah, there were fake news, like the Russians trying to reach out to the Chinese for military aid that um, Putin's advisors were, were lying to him. Oh, that was just a big lie. Yeah. So I wonder if, if when they rewrote that uh, Smith-Munt Act modernization, if we're getting so much propaganda that you don't know what to believe anymore. I know. It, it is. I've got an article about, <laughs> you know, that the propaganda that the... U.S. was putting out, they put it out on purpose, and they were lying on yeah, purpose exactly. to, fool, to fool Putin. But then again, yeah, you know, like one of the things that they were fooling Putin about was chemical um, uh, yeah, weapons. Chemical yeah, but we had at least 12 chemical weapons factories in in there already. We know because Victoria <clears throat> Nuland admitted to yeah, it. Yeah. So, yeah, how about this? What do you think about the story of... Um, supposed atrocities in a butcher the uh, russians <clears throat> i don't know wanted to go to the u.n to twice and to to uh do some investigation and twice they were shot down by the uk yeah because if if the russians had shot them they'd be decomposing by now yeah and they, then the mayor had came mass out graves yeah i mean you can't just let bodies rot for weeks on the street you know i mean it's it's a yeah. health hazard to to uh, occupying force or or liberating force. And then the mayor came out like the last day of March and said, "Oh, the Russians have left." Then all of a sudden, this story comes out and, and, and it doesn't make sense. It just it, it doesn't make sense, man. Who's really doing these things? And so much lies have been coming out, and so much stuff that they keep from you. Like you said, you don't know who to believe anymore. Yeah. I've never seen war propaganda like I'm seeing with this Ukraine. I've never seen anything like this. Well, it, it's a uh, info um, information war that's that's going on, and you know Zelensky is is involved in it. The United States press is involved in it. Of course, Putin's got his own. You know, there's no truth coming out of Ukraine. That's the only thing you can look at is who owns what piece of property. Yeah. You know, that's that's. Have you been hearing what uh, Scott Ritter has been saying? Remember Scott Ritter, the um, the weapons inspector that was yeah. correct yeah. on the WMDs. Yeah, the, saying there were no WMDs going into. Yeah, Iraq. and he was correct. Yeah, now he's saying that that uh, Putin's not committing atrocities. Well, he's saying that, that the what they're saying on our media is completely, completely wrong. That if Russia really wanted to destroy that country, they could. Yeah. And people trying to um, grade Russia's military by this would be hard. 
press to really understand that Russia's kind of using a soft approach. So you cannot judge that their military ability on what is occurring in, in Ukraine. And, and it'd be foolish to do so, I think. I've been mm. reading some other different people, too. Yeah, I've, I've heard that uh, the move to Kiev was was a fake out smoke screen yeah yeah because they really to to keep ukrainian uh forces pinned down there while so they couldn't go through the donbass region or or crimea yeah 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 so because there's a lot of strange stuff and and they're not telling us the truth man they just want to propagandize to hate russia because they got plans for russia these bolsheviks that overtook our country i wish people would realize that some straight up bolsheviks just took over the usa and we got some traitors hidden right in our own government, like like uh, Romney and Lindsey Graham and Chuck Schumer. Yeah. We're more of a threat to our freedom than, than uh, Vladimir Putin. Yeah, well, uh, maybe we can vote them out. But uh, I'm, get, uh-huh. I'm, I'm getting off uh, track where I want to go. You have, you have any opinion about, um, uh, about Brian Stelter? Oh, he's a rat. He's just another lying rat on CNN. They're everywhere, man. They litter the media everywhere, James. Yeah. Everywhere. And Applebaum, too. Have you heard the Ann Applebaum one when, when somebody asked her about the Hunter Biden laptop? Yes, I did. Yes. Yeah, she was the one that said she wasn't interested in it. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm not interested in that. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Because it's not Eric Trump? Yeah, it's not taking Trump. I've got a great quote by uh, uh, Buck Sexton I'll get to. Uh, if I, if All I right, James, man. It. Keep the show going, brother. Okay, thanks a lot. Have a great one. Yeah, peace. And okay, now, now we're good. Now we're good. Okay, getting back to Brian Stelter and how he did not answer the the young man's questions. And (laughs) you know what's funny is he kind of looks like. Uh, Nick Sandman. It, he, he could be like a cousin to Nick Sandman, but his name was Christopher Phillips. Anyhow, there were five specific things that um, that uh, Phillips nailed Stelter on. He said they, uh, that CNN pushed the Russian collusion hoax, which they did for five years. They pushed the Jesse Smollett hoax, which they did. And you you can throw in the um, uh, Bubba uh, Wallace uh, hoax down there uh, on the racetracks. They they smeared Justice Kavanaugh. Oh my God, how terrible that was! Yeah. Oh my God, trying to make him look like he was running, you know, <laughs> that he was a pimp. Uh, running prostitution rings during high school? You know, if he was that good a businessman during high school, forget about going <laughs> going into the judiciary. He could have started any number of businesses, including his own prostitution ring. Anyhow, <laughs> oh, who who was the the Gestapo? Gestapo guy, the the mafia dude. Uh, Lucky Luciano had nothing over <laughs> over Justice Kavanaugh if if the story was true. <laughs> oh boy. Then what else was there? Of course, Nick Sandman was a white supremacist 
because he said he stood there and said nothing as uh, a Native American Indian got in his face and banged um, banged on the drum for I don't know how many minutes in, in front of him to. I don't know what he was thinking of doing. Was he trying to intimidate him? Was he trying to serenade him? But that was just ridiculous. And, and of course, Hunter Biden, the whole laptop affair, which, as he said, and what's his name, Higginbottom, whatever, couldn't be interested in. The whole mainstream media was not interested in it. In fact, it was more than just not being interested in it. They made sure that, that you didn't hear about it. They made sure it got buried. And then Facebook and Twitter came in and uh, shut uh, the New York Post down from, from their sites. You couldn't share. You couldn't even share a link to the story. They did not want that information to get out. They did not want you to know how much of a sleazeball Hunter Biden was. They did not want you to know that he was working uh, for Burisma, that he was getting $83,000 a month for a no-show job, that, that uh, Joe Biden was getting his cut off of that, and that was the the normal standard operating practice, the SOP, as they would say in business. The standard operational practice was that Joe Biden got at least 10% of the cut of whatever it was that, that Biden was, um, what, what Hunter Biden was, was earning, earning. Uh, was getting paid. So, oh, I've got to find that quote by, by Buck Sexton. And it's not in this story, no convictions. Let me see. Oh, my goodness. Don't tell me I won't be able to find it. It's not in the baby story, that's for sure. Czech Republic? No, it wouldn't be in that story. Guess I'll have to do it off the top of my head. I've, I wish I could just read you the uh, the cut. MSNBC. Let's see, is it the back page of this? Ha <laughs> ha! Got it, got it. going to be much better reading it from Sexton's own words. It's a little long here, but it's worth it. Okay, it's one thing when, when you know you have Brian Stelter claiming it's Russian disinformation. He doesn't know anything, Sexton said on Clay, and Tra Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show. Some of the former directors of our intelligence agencies, some of the folks that are on the front page of the New York Post I, I worked for, I know some of these people. Sexton added, they went either completely out of their minds or were willing accomplices in the lie to the apparatus. According to Sexton, many of the officials are likely doubling down or standing put because they personally believe they did their part for the bigger purpose, which could be to defeat the former President Trump or other personal reasons. That is why everyone should know about the apparatus. 
It is not about the truth. It is about the power. It's about the power. And this is this is in a story about pundits coming on um, on TV. Oh, there are 51 former intelligence operatives who famously side signed a 2020 public letter claiming that Hunter Biden's infamous laptop was Russian disinformation, have uh, declined to admit they were wrong since a pair of liberal newspapers confirmed the computer's authenticity. So there were 51 liars from agencies that lie for, for a living. I guess that just goes right, right in hand with what they, they always do. You know, <laughs> they put propaganda out there, and so they lied about the laptop. You know, um, it was obvious that the laptop was, was actually Hunter Biden's. There, there were places on the internet where you could go and find out about it. And you could find out about Hunter Biden spending time with, with hookers, uh, how much crack that he did. Well, he, he, who, was it uh, Leslie Stahl that interviewed him on 60 Minutes? And he admitted, you know, uh, sucking Parmesan cheese out of the rug because he thought it it might be a little, little piece of crack. And then, oh, yes, yes, yes. That's one of the things that Ann Applebottom, whatever her name was, said uh, about why she wasn't interested in, in Hunter Biden's laptop. She was saying it didn't matter what the son of a candidate was was doing. His business practices did not matter. Unless, of course, the the son happened to be Donald Trump Jr., who was caught with a bunch of hookers or caught with a bunch of uh, pedo uh, pictures on his laptop or was uh arrested or caught uh, with cocaine, then it would matter. But she, <laughs> how incredibly stupid that statement is from someone that works as a professional journalist, which is why we should not trust professional journalists, because if Hunter Biden <laughs> is is doing all these things, if he's shacking up with hookers <laughs> if he's doing cocaine and he's going over there to uh, Ukraine to um, you know to, to do his business deals are you telling me that Ukrainians aren't peppering up him up with uh, plenty of cocaine and booze and hookers and might they be taking I mean he takes pictures of himself with these hookers but <laughs> yeah yeah, so obviously they could be taking pictures of him too. They've got blackmail material on Joe Biden. They've got blackmail material to hang over the heads. So do the Chinese, so do the Russians, so so does everybody. And that is why it matters who the kids of the president are. 
And <laughs> your kids aren't supposed to be uh, taking bribes because, uh, you, know, you know, politicians can't take money from, um, from foreign countries or from companies. But a lot of times they funnel it through their family, like the Pelosi's do, like the Romney's do, obviously like the uh, Biden's do. But uh, looks like I got another caller here, so let's see what's on their mind after I take a swig of water. I mean, vodka. Vodka, comrade. Yeah. Da, comrade, what do you have to say? Did I do the right thing? <laughs> Why do I keep doing that? Is that you, Jim? <laughs> and, and I don't want you to choke. You know, I'm listening to you, and it's all very interesting. I love your uh, approach and, and sharing the real news. And the thing about it is, is it's such hypocrisy that I try to occasionally point out about this regime that's in, uh, you know in the Oval Office and in charge of our ruining our country, that it's interesting because the things that they don't want us to recognize about their actual stories about what their kids have done, but yet the other side of the coin is they make up the stories about things that, you know, the Trump uh, family was doing. Yeah, they'll run stories about, um, you know, about Donald Jr. doing cocaine, you know, and I, I don't know if he's a teetotaler like his father, but yeah. he's pretty squeaky clean. And, and, you know, one of the things that came to mind is, uh, and I think it's Ivanka, here she is having a fashion business and doing quite well. And as far as I know, they ruined her because they were having folks... You know, not buy her clothing. God forbid you wear something that was put out from a Trump uh, uh, child. Uh, it's just such that, craziness. That, that is the plan. That they they want to ruin Trump. They want to ruin Trump's yeah. family. They, they want to destroy them. They want to you know uh, deplete his his finances. You know, and, and the thing of it, though, is that, unfortunately, we still have a lot of folks who get news from God knows what, that alphabet soup you were mentioning, but they believe all of this fake agenda that's put out, but yet, I don't know if they'll they'll blow off like, oh, that's just, you know, that's not true about Hunter Biden. He's, he's you know, a good son for his father. They're criminals, basically. <laughs> good son, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, good, thank you. <laughs> good son, the way Sonny, um, Sonny, Sonny was to the Godfather. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sonny, uh, what, what was their last name? Corleone. Corleone, thank you. Yeah, Sonny Corleone, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that was a good series. And, and the other thing I often mention, I don't know if you've uh, ever watched that American Greed program. No. Oh. God. I, I, like I cut a, the cable, so I don't get any oh, TV anymore. I don't know if you could catch it on, you know, on these online things, but it is really like uh, a primer to uh, 
having people know what goes on in this greedy upper echelon of business people. I, I started watching it. I just came across it on uh, on cable, and uh, it really is an instruction in uh, not falling for any of these gimmicks uh, of theirs. And, and it's in every field. There were some people who were redoing homes, and they were shysters, and uh, it, a lot of them are the investment people, you know, who take money, and it's giant Ponzi scheme. So anybody that wants to learn about what goes on at that level of uh, people, <laughs> if you can call them that, uh, American Greed, it's really interesting. Okay, if I can, if I can get the DVD of it, and I'll, I'll watch it. <laughs> yeah, you'd certainly enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It's eye-opening. I'll bet. Thank you. Okay, thank you for the call. Have a great weekend. Pleasure. You also. Okay. Bye now. Oh, she was in a good mood. <laughs> uh, let's... Okay. Um, but the point I'm trying to make here is that the mainstream media is untrustworthy. They, they are knee, the knee deep. They're neck deep in the, the Washington swamp, they, they don't want the Washington swamp messed with because that's, that's their bread and butter. You know, God forbid that the Washington swamp got drained. Could you imagine if, if we decentralized the United States government, that Instead of Washington being the all-powerful, you know, the power went back out to all 50 capitals, state department, you know, all 50, um, you know, states. That would mean that all these people that have their nice, comfy, cozy jobs there in D.C. or in New York would have to go to, uh, you know, Podunk, South Dakota or... Or, you know, down to, uh, well, Austin, Texas wouldn't be a bad uh, stint. But, um, you know, someone would have to go to Cheyenne, Wyoming. And someone would have to go to, to uh, what's the capital of Montana? Helena? You know, I'd kind of like that myself. But um, <laughs> not many others would, especially during the winter there. <laughs> The, just the level of depravity, the lies that the mainstream media will, will shell out, the, the way they attacked Donald J. Trump for four years while he was in the, the office and just made him out to be Hitler, made him to be a racist, made him look like a Nazi. Oh, it was all a lie, people. All a lie. So, just be prepared. Because when uh, Donald J. Trump comes back in, what would it be, 2023. Yeah, yeah when, when uh, the House of Representatives has a major swing back to Republican. And no, they don't vote in Kevin McCarthy as uh, the House. Um, um, why do I keep stumbling on Nancy Pelosi's position? But instead of, of Kevin McCarthy being in there, 
that they vote in Donald J. Trump instead. And then they impeach Joe Biden and uh, Kamala Harris. The Speaker of the House, that's what it is. Thank you. The Speaker of the House is third in line to the president. That would mean that in 2023, Donald J. Trump is, is put in office of the presidency again. And he would still be eligible to run for another term. <laughs> that would mean another six years of Donald J. Trump. Oh, what do you think of that? <laughs> so just get ready for that. And I've got to find the, the clothes for the show. Where'd the clothes go? Clothes, clothes, done closing. There we go. So, this has been Dunn's Deal. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. And uh, we shall be back again next week for more fun and more preparation for Donald J. Trump to return. This is a Dunn's Deal. Tell your friends and neighbors to tune in Friday evenings at 6.05 for Jim's perspective on the issues of the week. You're listening to WNRI Woonsocket.